Hey, witches. Welcome to The Lion, The Witch, and The Podcast. We are two mystic Leos discussing spirituality and human condition in the post-pandemic world. So hop in, witches, for going hexing. Hi. Hi. How are you? Hey. Hey. What's going on? What's going on? What is going on? Well, you know what? Okay, okay, everyone. Sean did some glamour magic. She fucking did some glamour magic with her hair because it mm-hmm. is like the beachy sun. Is that is that a beachy sun? Is that a thing? Yeah, fine. I'll okay, take it. Cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, I um I went pretty blonde this time and I love it. Um feeling very Debbie Harry, which mm-hmm. is a vibe for me because we all love blondie. Um yeah, glamour. I feel like a different person, right? That's kind of what glamour is, you know. Your hair looks fabulous. Yes. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. How's your week been? How witchy has it been? Honestly, not too much. I did do a little um, pillow manifestation last night. If you saw it mm-hmm. in the story, which was like, why I never thought of that? Fucking never thought of doing that. Literally just writing down your intentions on what you want to manifest, put it underneath your pillow, sleep on it. The next morning, this morning, I did burn it. Which, cause nice. like, fire. released it. Yeah. Released that shit. But yeah, that's kind of it. It's spring. We have beautiful oh spring weather. Oh, it's spring. spring, which means almost summer, which means almost Leo season. So fuck yeah. True. This is how we measure our lives. Um, <laughs> yeah. Spring is such an important time to me. It's my favorite time of year. Um, sorry, Leo season, but I just, I'm obsessed with spring. I'm a garden okay. witch. It's okay. Um, we'll get to that, but I just noticed today that the hyacinth flowers are coming up and I love hyacinth so much. It is probably the most, one of the most perfumed besides like Jasmine perfumed flowers. It is absolutely stunning it's so short-lived the forsythia are blooming this gorgeous vibrant yellow like the sun and I just I love the color magic aspect I love the herbal and plant associations towards my witchcraft so I'm like using like I used the forsythia blooms the other day um I made a syrup with them and I actually use the <laughs> I use the dried blooms um in a spell for new beginnings you know and I'm probably gonna incorporate some hyacinth blooms into a spell for to dispel nightmares they're really great for that uh for peace and um to help me tell me learn how to trust again <laughs> basically <laughs> that's that's a good association for them as well beautiful dude that's like also that syrup Mm, mm, oh yeah i know mm, gonna be making a lot of syrups this spring i'm waiting for the wisteria i'm waiting for the lilac it's gonna happen we're gonna drink flower sweat and smile and that comes from the wonderful black forager alexis on tiktok and instagram if you don't follow her follow her just love it Yes, that's witchy as fuck. This has been pretty witchy. And this episode, I mean, it's literally you in an episode. Kind of. It is. We're talking today about fucking garden witchery, y'all. Oh, 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 I just, I love the garden. Like, if I could live outside in the garden, I could just pitch a tent and live in the garden. 
y'all know I'd be in the garden like all the time. I can just see you like sleeping with the flowers. Like I mm-hmm. wake up and like I'd be like, good morning, Sean. And you're like, oh, good morning. <laughs> and covered just, in dew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, the reality is, is that I am not a morning person at all. So and it's more like, true. good morning, Sean. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, go back to the flowers. Go back. <laughs> go back down. Someone get this girl a bouquet. <laughs> just like yeah, just throw it on me. But I love this episode. I love these resources. Um, our resources for today, if you're wondering, Garden Witchery by Ellen Dugan. Love Ellen Dugan. Chef's fucking kiss. Magical Gardens by Patricia Monahan and Garden Witches Herbal again by Ellen Dugan. Ah, yeah. I'm just so happy about this episode. You're literally sprouting. Like I see it coming out of your ears. I'm sprouting. What is Garden Witchery? Ellen Dugan says that for some folks, garden witchery conjures up images of lush, enchanted gardens where butterflies dance and children play. Wing chimes sing in the breeze and fountains trickle and splash. In this magical place, the witch who lives there strolls about under sunny skies or dappled moonlight gathering plants for her spell work and for their fragrance. Fantasy? No. All of those things are possible in a city, suburban, or rural yard. Hell fucking yeah. You can have garden witchery anywhere. We're going to tell you how. Garden witches and natural magicians can be city dwellers working in community gardens as easily as suburban pagans doing the weekend warrior thing in their backyards. The point is that you'll be working in a garden, whether it's in pots and window boxes on your balcony, in the backyard, or on the farm. It doesn't matter where. It's the quality of the plants, not the quantity, that counts. Connecting with nature is our goal here, Dugan says. Herb and garden Plants play a meaningful part in the folklore and tradition of every culture, Dugan says. Their arcane and phenomenal powers to heal the mind and body fascinate us and confirm humankind's connection to the natural world. A garden is a place that encourages and lures people to unearth the magic, mystery, and unexpected surprises that nature will reveal to anyone who wants to take a closer look. The garden does and will talk back teaching us about success as well as failure. In which magic includes working with natural objects such as trees, flowers, plants, stones, and crystals. The garden witch or natural magician lives their lives by celebrating the magic of nature, attuning to the rhythms of the changing seasons, growing their plants and herbs, and sharing them with others for specific needs. The garden witch's magical gifts are handmade and homegrown. The garden witch utilizes their knowledge of color magic and magical aromatherapy in designing their green spells. For instance, giving a few red carnations to a friend who is ill is not only thoughtful, but it's downright magical. Red is a healing and protective color, and the scent of carnations is an energy booster, Ellen Dugan says. The path of the garden witch is a valid one, and a garden witch must be confident in their abilities to possess a strong link to the earth and to divinity. As mentioned previously, color magic is an easy guide to lean on if you're looking to start creating a witchy garden of your own and are unsure to where to begin. Some magical color correspondences for your flowering or non-flowering plants are as follows. White, the maiden, all-purpose, purification, protection, moon magic. Green, the god, 
Element of earth, healing, money, luck, fertility. Pink. Friendship, children, affection, love. Red, the mother, element of fire, lust, love, sex, healing, protection. Yellow, element of air, wisdom, mental powers, divination. Orange, energy, vitality, success. Purple, power, psychic abilities, passion. Blue, element of water, healing, sleep, peace. Brown and beige, home, stability, pets, grounding. Black and dark burgundy, the crone, banishing, breaking hexes, removing negativity. Love color magic so much. Mm. And when we're incorporating it in a garden, the possibilities are endless, bro. Endless. Like they do say, plant rosemary by your garden gate. Healing, money, luck, fertility. You're entering into a space and the first thing that you see is green. You're utilizing that green energy. So that in effect, when you're upon entering a space, you could intone a spell of luck or healing. You know, it's just, it's beautiful the way you can incorporate color and plants. Your eyes are literally like popping out of your sockets (laughs) just talking about this. (laughs) Y'all, I... mm, I cannot contain my excitement, especially for this next section on the Google Doc, Florography, Folklore, and Gardens of Old. Okay, let's go. Ancient and tribal people created narratives that revealed how plant and human life are connected, says Patricia Monahan, author of Magical Gardens. Often in these tales, the earth is female, sometimes a mother, sometimes a spelled fair daughter. The Greeks sing of Demeter, searching, weeping through the world for lost Persephone, and spreading flowers across the land when she returns. The Cherokee tell of Silu, the old corn mother who gives of herself that her children may eat. The Japanese relate a similar tale to the goddess Ukamokai, whose body decays into all the food we need to survive. Although such myths often picture the earth as feminine, We can also find stories that define the earth as masculine. Some cultures, like the Egyptian, personifies the earth as a god. In Africa, stone monuments called earth penises show the earth as a vital force. Also common was the perception that, even while the earth was feminine, the vegetation covering her was masculine. Thus, Attis, Adonis, and other dying and reviving gods of the ancient Eastern Mediterranean were celebrated with rituals and symbols emphasizing their connection to plant life. The planting of short-lived Adonis gardens, the harvesting of pine trees to represent Attis. The term wart cunning, as we learned in our previous episode on herbal magic, means herb craft. Wart being the old English word for herb and cunning is a synonym for craft. And this word was used to describe those with the secret knowledge of the magical properties of plants. Dugan says that the wise women and cunning men of old knew the ways of spell weaving and herbal magic, the correct time to plant and harvest crops, the interpretations of weather signs and the omens of animals in the wilderness around them. Medieval gardens weren't that different from our magical or mundane gardens of today. These were working gardens that fed the family. Fruit trees provided favored medieval fruits like cherries, pears, plums, and apples. Vegetables like beets, radishes, beans, cabbage, and carrots were cultivated. 
Herbs such as angelica and lavender were planted for medicinal, aromatic, and seasoning values, Dugan says. Angelica, believed to possess angelic powers, was worn as an amulet for protection from evil. Lavender oil was cultivated for a perfume and also as a strong antiseptic with antibacterial properties, used to treat all manners of cuts, scrapes, infections, and colds. Rose petals, symbols of love and secrets, were added to salads, crystallized, and made into syrups, preserves, and vinegars, and of course, added to soaps, cosmetics, and perfumes. Other common varieties of medieval herbs you will find in the garden were mullein, fennel, yarrow, mint, tansy, rosemary, parsley, sage, dill, and thyme. Popular garden flowers of the era were iris, lily, poppy, peony, columbine, delphinium, and violet. Orography is known as the language of flowers. God, that's so fucking beautiful. Just like that mm-hmm. sentence. Like, that's so beautiful. During the Victorian era, people often traded flowers to declare their feelings, a romantic and secret way to communicate with members of the opposite sex. This custom developed into the language of flowers. This floral language was based on the traditions of older mythology and folklore, according to Dugan. Mary M. Griffin's Drops from Flora's Cup is a compendium of the language of the period, published in 1845. Highlights from the selection reveal giving chrysanthemum flowers is meant to communicate cheerfulness, dahlia, elegance, ivy, friendship, lilac, young love, rosemary, remembrance, and zinnia, absence among many others. Grouping these flowers in a bouquet may even engage a conversation. So this is embarrassing. Well, maybe not embarrassing. I don't know. I'm just going to admit it. I've been watching Bridgerton. Dude, that's not embarrassing. I literally just, (laughs) I binge season two in two days. What? It's hard not to because like I, you know, the costumes are amazing. The colors, fantastic. The food. Oh my God. Um, The opening. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, yes. Awesome. So, you know, and I love like the classical renditions of things, all that. But anyway, enough with what I love about Bridgerton. Um, I love that in the second season. Now, this is a spoiler. So if you have not watched the second season, skip this part. But um, the Duchess mentions that Lilac is representative of young love. Um, so it was funny because I watched that after writing this Google doc. So it was kind of funny to see those correlations and that's the Regency period. So not far off. Um, so this really was happening. They really were communicating with flowers. Flowers meant things, you know, flowers mean everything. If you're calling upon a particular goddess, it certainly doesn't hurt to have as many things in sympathy with her as you can find, Dugan says. Some easy-to-obtain floral correspondences for specific goddesses are as follows. Artemis, Artemisia, Daisy, Cypress, Catnip, Brigid, Dandelion, Crocus, Hellbores, Blackberry, Scaredwin, Vervain, Verbena, Demeter, Red Poppy, Wheat, Diana, Apple, Rue, Rose, Hroya, Maidenhair Fern, Daisy, rose, primrose, strawberries. Hey there, rose, grapes. Hecate, cyclamen, willow, monkshood, or aconite. Hera, iris, willow, apples. Isis, rose, heather, purple iris. 
Lady of Guadalupe, red and pink roses, poinsettias. Lilith, lily, deep red and thorny roses, willow. Minerva, thistle, olive, mulberries. Persephone, parsley, pomegranate. Celine, rose, bluebell, white night blooming flowers. And Aphrodite, violet, morning glory, rose, and all blue flowers. Mm. Okay, next part of the Google Doc. Flower magic, backyard bounty, magical trees, and specialty gardens. What? Woo. What? What? Uh-uh-uh. There are many magical perennials, annuals, herbs, trees, and shrubs that are easy to grow. You may not even need to look farther than your backyard. Starting a magical garden isn't difficult either and can be any size or shape you like. Formal flower beds have distinct geometric planting patterns like a Victorian knot garden or formal rose garden. Informal or cottage style flower beds are categorized by curved or free flowing lines and more casual and relaxed color combination and varying plants and herbs mixed together. When preparing to plot out a magical garden, whatever the shape and size, consider the direction your home faces and shade patterns, where the sun rises and sets, the current moon phases, how many trees you have in your yard and what kinds, soil type, local wildlife, and your cold hardiness zone to start. These questions can be answered by observing and researching your area. Your growing space is your canvas. Let's start with trees. Ellen Dugan tells us that anyone can plant a magical tree. Once you commit to growing a tree, pick one out at your local nursery. Some common magical trees close to a witch's heart are apple, bay laurel, birch, dogwood, elder, elm, hawthorn, maple, oak, pine, rowan, willow, and witch hazel are among a few. But please be sure to have the space, soil, shade, and cold hardy requirements fit for whatever tree you pick. Once you buy the tree, clip the wire cage off the root ball and dig a hole as deep as the root ball and twice as wide. Ease the tree in and straighten and turn as needed. Fertilize the soil with compost or root stimulator. Water with a bucket often to make sure the tree is being properly hydrated and the grass around the tree isn't stealing its moisture. Other enchanting backyard plants have great magical potential as well, like azalea and rhododendron to attract spirits, forsythia to welcome spring and new beginnings, holly for luck, hydrangea for hex breaking, and lilacs to promote protection and clairvoyance. It wouldn't be garden witchery without flowering magical herbs. The following is a list of the witch's dozen, 13 easy to grow magical flowering herbs for most gardens. Again, check your zone and soil requirements for all before committing to planting these. Let's start with Bergamot or Bee Balm, Monarda, which is used for prosperity and success. Cultivated in the sun or shade, this aggressive perennial is attractive to bees and butterflies. Coneflowers, Echinacea, strengthen spells and are a great choice for beginners. Native to the Midwest, they like full sun and will tolerate poor soil. They're available in purple and white varieties and serve as a landing pad for butterflies and a raiding ground in the fall for goldfinches for their thistles. Stinkafoil, Potentilla, also known as five-finger grass, bring love, riches, good health, power, and knowledge, one for each finger. 
This herb is most employed in money spells and is a tough, non-fussy plant that can grow up to eight inches tall. Feverfew, Chrysanthemum parthenium, has been used for centuries by herbalists for health, protection, and to guard against accidents, and is supposed to help ward off migraines if eaten daily. It grows well in the sun and likes drier soil conditions. House leek, Sempervivum tectorum, was rumored to be a gift from the Roman god Jupiter. Legend says that this plant protects the home from being struck by lightning and protects against fire. It grows well in pots on sunny patios. Hyssop, Hyssopus officinalis, is used for cleansing and home protection spells. It likes full sun and light, well-drained alkaline soil. Laxpur, delphinium, has the magical correspondences of health and protection and prefers moist, fertile soil and full sun. Lavender, Lavendula augustifolia, is used in love spells, calming charms, and dream pillows. It is drought tolerant and appreciates sandy soil and thrives in sunny, hot conditions. Peony, Peonia officinalis, are worn for protection and prevents against nightmares and damage to your property. It likes its soil enriched with compost and is happy growing in full sun. Sunflower, Helianthus anis, has been cultivated by indigenous tribes for thousands of years and is the honored symbol of the sun. Its magical uses are truth, fertility, and wishes and require full sun, but are easily started from a seed. Tansy, Tenacium fulgare, has magical uses for health and long life and grows anywhere in just about any type of soil. It is aggressive, spreads everywhere, and grows to about two feet tall. Woolly betony, Statius byzantia, or lamb's ear, protect against nightmares, heals, and is used in children's magic. They are easy to grow, even in poor soil, and have been used in colonial medicine as a band-aid. And finally, yarrow, achillea, is an all-purpose magical herb, often called the witch's herb, and instills courage, strength, love, and friendship, and banishes evil. It prefers full sun and rich, moist soil. Specialty gardens such as enchanted shade, moonlight gardens, and poison gardens shouldn't be overlooked. These gardens are great to lean on if your home or garden spot doesn't get a lot of sun, or if you are gardening without a backyard. When you start a garden under older established trees, you already have structure for a shady sorceress garden, Ellen Dugan says. Amending the soil with composted manure and peat moss is your first step in cultivating the organic, rich, fertile soil that shade plants need. Mulch no more than two inches deep. Magical herbs and plants that grow well in the part shade to full shade are not difficult to find. Here are a few for you to try. Bleeding heart. Decentra spectabilis aids in recovering from a broken heart or lost love. Columbine. Aquilegia is used in spells for courage and love. And the crushed seeds are used to attract a partner. Forget-me-nots, myososis, improves memory and is used to help others remembering you and foxglove. Digitalis is used for protection, but is highly toxic. Moonlight gardens on the farther end of the spectrum are all about fragrance, subtle color, and atmosphere, with emphasis on the flowers that release their scents after sundown. If you'd like to try culturing a moonlight garden, try geraniums, cleome, 
alyssum, or even zinnias. For night fragrant blooming bulbs, try perfume fairy lilies or Madonna lilies. Some shady characters we keep in the garden are poisonous, lily of the valley and Eopima alba among them. Ellen Dugan tells us that as the moonflower starts to unfurl, it trembles and quivers. Before your eyes, it slowly opens up like a time lapse in special effect. The scent, according to Dugan, is haunting and enchanting. On an interesting note, moonflowers will attract both hawk moths and luna moths to your garden. I am obsessed with luna moths. Another fascinating plant is the datura or angel's trumpet, datura interexia subspecies. This is a gothic witch garden plant, capital G for grim. It is an absolutely extraordinary night scented flower. However, they are incredibly poisonous. There are a great many poisonous plants to keep in your garden, but above all else must be handled with caution. Some are amaryllis, belladonna, crocus, datura, flax, hyacinth, iris, Japanese honeysuckleberries, lantana, morning glories, poinsettia, rue, star of Bethlehem, tobacco, Virginia creeper, wisteria, and you. Garden witchery in the city. Fucking love this. No backyard oasis? Not necessary. Ellen Dugan in Garden Witches Herbal says that a true green witch is in sync with the environment, no matter where they happen to call home. City-dwelling witches take heart. It is possible to successfully grow herbs and magical plants while living in the city. Container gardens are the answer. Rooftop gardens, flower-filled balconies and decks, or a row of terracotta pots bursting full of herbs lined up on fire escapes will bring a little green to the bustle of the city. The site where you choose to create a container garden will become your own mini climate. A mini climate includes such things as the amount of sun and wind you will receive, wind exposure, and moisture levels. You must also take into consideration that neighboring buildings can affect sun and shade patterns by cutting off sunshine and reflecting more light and heat back to you due to light colored walls. The trick is discovering your site's mini climate by observation, Dugan says. Keep a sharp watch on how much sun and shade your balcony or deck receives and at what time of day and what season. The key here is when you have shade. If you have early morning shade or full sun from noon on, your site probably faces west. That is a sunny garden and it will require heat tolerant plants that need full sun. For full sage sites, less than two hours of sunlight, consider hostas, ivy, or mints. For partial shade sites, two to six hours of sunlight, consider angelica, catmint, or pansies. And for full sun sites, six to 12 hours of sunlight, consider rosemary, lavender or sunflowers one of my friends they're there they have like condos like connected to each other and their neighboring condo on their rooftop just planted a beautiful like rooftop herbal garden it was i have to like take a picture of you next time Mm -hmm. like for you next time i'm over there but i was like oh my god that's absolutely amazing and i love all males all males did this and i was like that wonderful. is beautiful. Oh, garden witchery can be picked up by anybody. Nice. I love it. Oh, and by the way, all when she says, I will send a picture to you, it means she will put a picture on Instagram for us all to see. Correct. We're yes. all a community. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. All right. 
the magic of houseplants. This is wonderful because this is often, I feel like, looked over in conversations around garden ritual. We're always, a lot of the time we're talking about outdoor gardens, but we don't realize that having an environment of houseplants in our home, that's also a garden, y'all. So let's get fucking into it. Maybe this is the only thing you can do and that's fine. Houseplants and fresh flowers perform wonderful magic. Among the common houseplants that have magical correlations are African violets for spirituality and protection, Dugan says. The spider plant absorbs negativity. Ferns are protective. Ivy is for fidelity and fertility. The aloe plant is lucky and wards off accidents in the home. A ficus tree has many magical correspondences, including love and good luck, and it guards against your family ever growing hungry. If houseplants are all you can do in your current space, they will provide more than enough natural magic for your earthbound craft. As we learned from our warding episode, nurturing a relationship with our houseplant spirit allies will always gift us an extra layer of protection. They become spirits of your space in every way that your house spirits do, and it's up to you to find a deeper connection with them. They provide us with protection as much as they serve as a link for us to the natural world in an indoor space. Plants will give you what you give them, literally and spiritually. Yup. Last part of the Google Doc, garden witchcrafts and rituals. Charm bags are a classic example of a garden witchcraft. With a few simple ingredients found around the house, some fabric or a small fabric bag, and some herbs from the garden, you have the makings of a potent magical tool. Often, the simplest and easiest magic, such as charm bags filled with magically charged herbs and stones, will work best. Something easily portable, they make wonderful magical talismans for all kinds of situations. Here are a few herbs from the garden to throw into one. For good luck green or gold bag or fabric, clover, mint, sinkafoil, basil, and an oak or maple leaf for prosperity and good fortune. Throw an adventuring to complement the herbs, the gambler's stone. For peace, blue or light purple bag or fabric, angelica, lavender, and pink rose petals for peace and healing. Throw an amethyst and moonstone for their protective and calming qualities. For protection, Black or purple bag or fabric, periwinkle, vine, garlic, morning glory vine, and dill for protection, and sea salt to banish bad vibes. Throw in a hematite stone for grounding and de-stressing, and an obsidian stone for protection and courage. For study and knowledge, orange bag or fabric, lily of the valley, lavender, fennel, dill, and garden sage for wisdom, clematis for mental beauty, and carnations for stamina. Throw in a quartz crystal to amplify. All right. Next is something that I really like to do. Wreath making is an ancient practice. The ancient Romans used wreaths to celebrate Saturnalia, a winter solstice celebration, and the wreath has been employed since the Middle Ages to celebrate the changing of the seasons or holidays. Creating an enchanted floral wreath is an enjoyable process, and there are three basic elements to it, the base, the materials used, and the method of attachment. Basic supplies include a glue gun and glue sticks, florist wire, 20 gauge, dried floral picks, including flowers, seed pods, nuts, small twigs, or feathers, a base wreath, tried grapevine, straw, pine, or moss, and ribbons of assorted width and colors. 
It doesn't matter whether you grow the herbs and flowers in your own garden or dry them for a gifted bouquet, found them while foraging, or bought them in a craft store. However, a fresh wreath incorporating the new blooms of spring like crocuses, forsythia, cherry blossoms, lilacs, and or wisteria would make a beautiful devotional wreath to welcome the Lady Persephone back to the topsoil for the season. So beautiful. I remember you did it during Yule that you made such a beautiful wreath. I remember seeing that photo and I was like, ah. Yeah. I want to make more. I've been seeing floral wreaths everywhere. And even if it's just like going and getting like, you know, fake florals to make a Mm. wreath, like who cares? That's like bringing in that, that new energy into your space. And even if it's like, if you can't, let's say you're allergic to flowers, like, and that's always held you back from being a garden, which girl, get some fake flowers because that's magic that bringing something new into your space to like kind of turn the energy over that is still magic whether it's not like an actual flower or not you know Mm, talk garden to me yeah (laughs) talk garden to me (laughs) last part yarrow love charm the following is an adaptation of a flower spell from the 1800s To perform this enchantment, you must gather an ounce of yarrow blossoms and sew them into a small flannel bag. Red or pink would be the fabric color to use for this charm bag and for the ribbons tying it shut. The entire spell, including the gathering and the sewing, should be worked on the night of the full moon. After tying up the bag, place it beneath your pillow. Repeat this incantation while staring up at the full moon before bed. Thou lovely herb of Venus tree, Thy true name is Yarrow. Now, who will my true love be? Pray thee, tell me tomorrow. In old times, this was said to ensure a maiden would dream of her future husband. But there is no hard and no fast rule that this wishful spell needs to only be performed by an unmarried woman. Feel free to spice it up however you like. Sweet dreams. Love it. I could go on and on and on and on and on and on, and on about garden witchery. We all know that. Uh-huh. But I think and this was like a nice little sum up. Yes, it was absolutely beautiful. And like, also, if you have any questions about garden witchery, you know where to hit us up. Sean will mm-hmm. fucking tell you everything you need to know. Like literally just- <laughs> Prepare like, for a paragraph. <laughs> yes, but like we need that paragraph. We need it. That's it. That's the episode. There she is. The beautiful growing garden witchery. And like, also goes great with like our new oil guy's garden, right? Oh, fucking yeah, it does. I mean, God, talk about growth and new beginnings and just like smelling like you just rolled around in a bunch of new blooms. Like you just laid a bunch of new blooms that you gathered from outside on your floor and you just rolled around in them or you like just rolled around outside. Like that's, Mm. that's the vibe. That's the vibe. I love that. You know, okay, so we have four oils out. So you better mm-hmm. go get them. We also have travel oils. We also have merch. You know this. Also, guess what? Tea's coming out in two weeks, baby. It's happening. Wait. It's happening. It is called Tummy Tame Tea. That's the name. Tame the tummy. Tame the beast, bitch. Tame the beast. I'm so excited for everyone to try it, to hopefully love it. This is the first time making these bad boys. So like, let's, we'll just see and see like what, what we're feeling, but uh, she's going to be good. Get ready in two weeks, get ready in two weeks. That's all we're going to say because Mm -hmm. follow us on Instagram for more updates. You know where to find us on the website. You know where to find us on all 
um, platforms for Apple, Spotify, you know, where to, like, you know, you know where we are because we know where you are. And yeah. Yeah. Drink water. Water your plants. Um, drink water with your plants. Uh, take a bath with flowers. Um, take a, a ritual bath with uh, lavender bath salts for uh, peace and good luck and throw in some rosemary in there for protection. Yeah. Just, you know, do your thing with the, the florals, babe. Yeah. And go roll around dirt. There you go. That's what I like to do. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we love you. We hope you love this episode. We hope you love our past episodes and you know where to find us as Courtney said, and join the mailing list guys, because that's how you're going to know what's happening. And that's where you get free stuff. So precisely, which is, we'll see you next week. Bye.